Thank you for downloading the One Church Gloucester podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. To find out more about life at One Church, visit us online at thisisonechurch.com. Uh, it's really apt that we're kind of talking about these things like dedicating ourselves to God and, and uh, having these moments of commitment because we're going to talk in this new season in September as we build up to our conference. We are one conference. That's taking place the second weekend of October. And uh, that's for everybody, any one church. Uh, we, have, we hold this conference once a year. We're going to go to Cheltenham, Trinity Church in Cheltenham. We're going to host us again. Uh, if you've not been uh, for our conference, it's brilliant an amazing sort of 24 hours or so together. Uh, it's totally free, but you, you do need to register for it. You could do that on the app. Um, but as we build up, we're talking about, like, what is this house that we're building? We've called it our house. Um, because what is it that we're... What house are we building? What does it mean to be part of this house, like one church? And you kind of... Some of you have been here a really long time. Some of you are pretty new. Um, so what does it mean to be part of this house? But when we talk about houses, we're talking about far more than that. We're talking about what house, what home are you building for you and your family? What, what house are you building for your business and for your relationships? And even for us individually, what house are we building? And I, and I, asked, on, I asked this on my Instagram this week because I was wondering if people uh, had similar ideas of what is a dream house for you. So I was asking you, like, what would your dream house be? And I think, and I, was, I, was, I thought what would happen is most of us had a really similar sort of idea. And it's true, like all these different replies started coming in. Uh, and then Ben, and uh, I don't know if Ben's here, Ben who's on Academy this year, um, we're at, we were at Academy Conference this week, and he said, John, I just saw your post, and he shows me this picture. He says, I think this is what you're describing. And, and funny enough, so I don't know if you can see that too well, but you've got this, it's literally a house in the ocean. And is because uh, different people reply different things. Lots of people replied they wanted a swimming pool in their house, and you know, there's there's at least one pool in that house. Uh, some people said, "Oh, it'd be great if we had uh, uh, like some really nice things, like a dining room that's big enough to have my whole family to sit around it." Lots of people talked about having a house they could entertain lots of people in. Lots of people want a slide in the house and see this house has got a slide that goes from the top deck all the way down into the ocean that's pretty that's pretty cool there's a hot tub and and uh someone said they just wanted bay windows and i was like well why not set your set your set your dreams high <laughs> and uh, a few different things like that games room uh, nath wanted a roller coaster couldn't find a picture of a house with a roller coaster in it unfortunately and uh, one of my friends said he wanted a cricket net some cricket nets and uh, yes, he's the only one. He would be the only one that require cricket practice nets in the middle of his house. Uh, but I wonder if when we talk about our dream house, the house that we would love to have or live to, love to build, probably there's a similar sort of consensus around those sorts of things. It might be swimming pools or like a big garden or, or whatever, whatever it might be. We have this idea and we've probably had that conversation, whether it's with your, uh, whether it's with your wife or with your friends. You've gone, if you could have a dream house, what would be in it? And part of the problem with that is we have this dream and then we kind of, we go, well, that's like totally unrealistic, you know, so we're going to pull that back a bit. And the next conversation you have, certainly if you own your home, is this, well, if we were going to remodel our existing home, what would we do, right? Because, so we downgrade and we limit our, our expectation from this like dream house that we could build, like the one we just saw on the screen, and we downgrade it to, okay, well, if we could do anything with this house, what might it be? And we would do things like, you know, oh, I'd knock that wall down. We, we use words like, I'd, I'd, I'd knock this room through, like we know what we're talking about. <laughs> and uh, and oh, I'd move the kitchen from here 
to here and I'd build an extension or a double extension or, uh, and we have all these, these ideas and now the, the problem with that is most of us can't do that now Simon and I, our brother Julian really can do that like my bro- our brother Julian is the kind of guy who gets bored during a half term because he booked it off to be with his kids but his kids are teenagers and they're out with their friends all week so he just knocked the wall out between the kitchen and the dining room and within five days, he has got an absolutely perfectly finished living, like, uh, kitchen, dining room area. Just some of you, you know who you are, are a bit like that. You're going to look at a wall and go, that doesn't need to be there. You're going to look at a living room and think, that can be changed. You're going to look at a staircase and go, we don't need staircases. Let's have a fireman's pole. You're going to something... <laughs> Some of you just wired that way. You look at your house and say, we can, we're going to remodel this to make this footprint be the best it can be. The problem is, most of us aren't like that, are we? So, so once again, we downgrade and we limit our expectations, not just from the dream house. Now we're like, well, we could remodel, well, we can't really remodel. So basically we go like, well, if we could decorate, what would, how would we decorate it? So then we're kind of thinking, well, maybe we could change that magnolia wall to a cream. <laughs> or at a push, ivory. And we're kind of, yeah, all the other 72 different versions of white that B&Q sell us. So, uh, and we downgrade again, and we were like, well, if I could redecorate, this is how I'd redecorate. We'd, maybe we could just, maybe we'd change that wallpaper, and, and I don't know, like, if anybody else as honest as I am to say, we've been in our house for, like, four years, and we have done, there's less, we've done, we haven't done a lot. Okay, like, we've decorated the kids, almost finished decorating one of the kids' rooms. And uh, there's still a wall that was just, there's nothing, you know, you know, downstairs looks exactly the same, like our bedroom looks exactly the same. And once again, we've downsized, downgraded, limited, not just from the dream house, not just the remodel, even the decorations. Like what we do is we get to this lowest common denominator and we look at our houses and we go, well, all right then, what needs fixing? Okay, and that's, that basically is like we get really responsive. So instead of like, yeah, let's paint that that colour or let's change this room to be like this, we end up just going, well, what's broken? Okay, I need to kind of repair that part. And the kids have drawn on the wall there, so I better paint that part. And yeah, that kind of limitation gets us lower and lower and lower. And I think that this is connected to an, like a 500-year-old saying, which goes like this. You've made your bed, so you better lie in it. You made your bed, now you have to lie in it, which is like old proverb, that kind of, which means, well, you, your actions have led to these consequences. So therefore, live with those consequences. And whether that's like a physical space like a house, where like we haven't had their time or energy or money, or to be honest, the motivation to decorate or remodel or build our dream house. So the house we're in, well, you've made your bed, you have to lie in it. Uh, uh, but, but more than just like the physical houses we build, what about those other spaces, the things in our lives that we are building, like our family units? We're like, well, this is what it is. I've made my bed, now I have to, now I have to lie in it. Uh, you know, I've, I, I, might, I might have had a dream one day of it being this, but I've downsized and downsized so many times, now I'm down to this low and common denominator. And well, to be honest, these are fair consequences for my actions. And we believe that that's true, and therefore we don't build anything and don't move on from the place we are, because we believe, well, they were my actions, so these are my consequences. Or more often than not, these are my lack of actions, therefore these are my consequences. But I don't believe that's true. 
I don't believe it's true that what you have is what you'll always be. I don't believe the house you have built is necessarily, necessarily needs to be the house you will live in for the rest of your life. If you're not following the metaphor, we have definitely moved on from bricks and mortar. What you are building in your life with your family, in your marriages, what you are building in your business and the culture you're creating there, what you are building in the team and department and ministry that you lead, what you are building in your relationships, what you are building in your life won't have to always be the shape it is in. Because if it is true that we live in the consequences of our actions, well, let's reverse engineer that. Let's change our actions and have different consequences and live in consequences we want to live in because we've changed our actions. So more desirable actions will result in more desirable consequences and we get to actually live in something we want to live in. That's our house. It's your house. Why don't you choose what kind of house you want to live in and therefore build towards that so that at some point you're living in your dream, yeah. in your dream house. Yeah. Now, this, uh, this theme of, of house and home and what all that means and all the symbolism of that is a theme that actually runs all the way through the Bible. You see, you get this idea that, that the house of God is this place where the kingdom of heaven touches the kingdom of earth. And it goes right the way through from the start of your Bible and, uh, and, and before you see in, quite early on in the Old Testament, you see that there's this desire to build God a house. This desire comes from King David, he's the same guy that knocks over Goliath, goes on to become the king of this nation and he's in his palace one day and he looks at it and goes, hang on God, how come I am in a palace and you are in a tent? Because they had this... Uh, set up that was made out of canvas that they believe would be that would be the place they would worship God he's looking from his palace he's like I'm in my dream house and God you're camping and we all know how I feel about camping and David makes this commitment so okay God I'm going to build you a house so much so this was his commitment to building something new dissatisfaction with what he had built so far we can build something better he collects, he, he collects money and gold and resources for the entire nation, collects it all up. And this huge building program and project lasts longer than his generation. Even so, his son Solomon becomes the one who builds it. And you can read about this moment where the final brick is laid and the final piece of, um, uh, final piece of decor is finished with this beautiful gold and Solomon dedicates this house to God. And as he dedicates his house to God, he says the presence of God feels it. Here we see this moment, this touching point where the kingdom of heaven touches the kingdom of earth. It was believed that as you stood in that temple, it would be like you were standing in heaven because the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, touches the kingdom of earth in that place. Wow. But it wasn't big enough. And Turns out, it was quite breakable. And before long, the temple was destroyed. Oh, but they're allowed to go and they rebuild it, perhaps not to its old former glory, but as you read on through your Old Testament, you'll see they get to rebuild the temple once again. And once again, it's this place where the kingdom of heaven touches the kingdom of earth, but it's still not enough. It's still not enough. It was meant to be this place where every nation could worship and pray to God but how can you say that when it's a, it's a building in, in Jerusalem? 
How's everybody going to be able to work? How's the whole, all the nations meant to worship God from here? It just wasn't enough. And then we get this fascinating change that happens and, and Jesus helps us see this monumental shift in what it means to be in the house of God. And Jesus stands on the steps of the temple. This is right towards the end of his life. He's about to get murdered in a few, in a few days' time. And he stands on the steps of the house with the temple behind him. And he says, did you know that this temple is going to be destroyed and rebuilt in three days? Everyone went, oh, you can't say that. But he was trying to help people see that the temple is going to change. And he was trying to help people see if the temple is a place where the kingdom of heaven touches the kingdom of earth, where you could feel the presence of God, he's saying, that's in me. I am the incarnation of that. I am heaven on earth. We sing a line in one of our songs, you didn't want heaven without us, so you brought heaven down. That's what it means. Is in Christ is this experience of what it means to experience the presence of God here on earth. Now, that's my, you know, some of us are trying to get our heads around that now, and I'm giving you roughly 1,600 years of history in four minutes. Uh, but for people that have grown up with the temple being it, being the dream house, Jesus is saying, this thing's going to get torn down, then what? And sometimes what has to happen in order for us to build something better is what we have has to be torn down. And sometimes we can't wait to knock that part of the house down because we hate it and it's been the junk room ever since we moved in. And sometimes it's the temple, it's the thing, it's become the idol that's standing in the way of breaking it down for God to build a better house. So much so, you see this, this is a quite famous line of Jesus's. Um, I think because it seems a bit out of character, if you say, how would you describe Jesus? We'd say, well, he was full of love and wisdom and he had time for everybody. Think how he spent so much more time with the poor and the lost and the lonely and the, the sick than he did with the people of prestige. Um, but it sounds like he kind of, he walks into the temple as he returns to Jerusalem and he walks in and sees what the house should never have become. Okay, here's, here's the line. Uh, it's from Mark chapter 11, verse 17. Um, you can read it in Matthew as well. It says, uh, as he told me, he said, uh, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. Uh, he, sorry, I should paint a better picture. He's saying this while like turning tables over because he's gone into, this, into the courtyard of the temple where people from all nations are meant to be praying and it's not. It's a marketplace and people are ripping worshippers off and charging them extortionate amounts. It's become this completely corrupt environment. There's no way that this is a representation of heaven on earth anymore. This has become a place, it's become a den of robbers. Now what's really clever is Jesus is kind of giving a one-two punch. He's given a couple of proper uh, Old Testament prophet punches into people's faces because if you quote Isaiah like he's in that first one, when he says this is meant to be a house of prayer for all nations he's quoting Isaiah and if you quote Isaiah he's a serious Old Testament prophet you've got to know you are hitting people in the face yeah. right so he goes is it not written and he's literally quoting Isaiah's words is it not written that this is meant to be a house of prayer for all nations Poof. and then he follows up because if if you're bold enough then you'll follow up a left hook of Isaiah with a right hook of Jeremiah the other big guy Right? And he quotes Jeremiah and he says, yeah, it's become a den of robbers. It's become, the, it's become like a filth pit, this place. And it's meant to be this thing of glory. And he's gone, bang, bang, this house is not fit for purpose. This house, this house needs the walls coming down because this is not going to be the place where people are going to experience God in the way they were meant to. Did you not know this was meant to be a place where heaven touches earth? Yet what is it now? It's a den of robbers. And he, he speaks into this. He's angry about it because he says, something new has to be built and we have to ask ourselves the same question what have you built 
What house have you built? It's the one you're living in right now. And maybe it started as a house of prayer for all nations. It started as this like holy, good, honest effort. But over time, it's just dismantled and declined. And our expectations have got lower and lower and lower. We've become dissatisfied and we've begun comparing ourselves and the houses we live in and the relationships that we have and the marriages we have and the families that we have and the careers that we have. And we start comparing all of these things with everybody else's houses. And we're fed up of the place we're living in. But you built it and you're living in it. And God says, sometimes you, it's time to tear the walls down so that we can build something that we actually do want to live in. That we actually do want. So how many, how many relationships happen like this? Where we go, uh, we had these awesome ideas of what that relationship would be and what your marriage would be like. And you find yourself 5, 10, 20, 30 years into marriage. And what you have built is not what you dreamt of when you were engaged. Well... Yeah, you made your bed and now you're lying in it. You built this house and now you're living in it. But you know you don't have to? You know you don't have to. You know, you can build something new. You can build a dream house for you to live in. Now, now I know that's difficult for two reasons. Number one, because there's different levels of understanding of this, right? So if you're here today and you're like, you're, everything within you is going, yes, absolutely, amen. But you're going to go home and your partner is going to be like, who said what now? No chance. Okay, so there's going to be some, there has to be some steps or some flexibility in how much sway we can have over this. Um, so that's the first thing I know. And the second thing I know why this is difficult is because Louise and I have had this conversation this week. And we were saying... Like why is we we realised like neither of us we'd stopped affirming one another. Do you know what I mean? We'd stopped like going, "Hey, you're you're a really good mum," or "Thank you for doing that today. That was brilliant." We'd become I don't know. Is that does that just happen for us? Like that's like a that's a marriage thing, isn't it? That's a relationships thing, isn't it? Now we've we'd found out that we had built something that we didn't like living in, so we had to make the decision. We need to build something new. We need to build something. Well, let's start building a house we do want to live in. So we started having these conversations about, well, what, what does that look like? So, okay, uh, and how do we do that? So we said, what we wanted to do, what we want to do, we want to have seven meals a week where all of us are around the table together. Okay, so it's me and Louise. We have two kids, three and four, and 11 weeks. All right, we're going to have seven meals a week. Now, that sounds easy, doesn't it? Easy, doesn't it? You didn't answer, because you all know how hard that is. <laughs> Right? I mean, there's three and four, and one of them's immobile. Right? So, surely we can get those bodies around the table to have a meal together. It's, there's 21 meals a week if you have three a day. We're only trying to do seven. Just a few breakfasts and a few dinners would be nice. It's, I mean, we haven't even got teenagers locking themselves in their bedrooms yet. We haven't even got like, grown-up kids that are like, busy doing their own thing. We don't, have a, we don't have separate kind of shift patterns where we don't cross paths. Like, this should be so much easier for us, but it's hard. But we've decided there's a house that we want to build, that we want to live in, so we're going to start building it. Okay? So here's, here's, how we do, how, here's how we do that. If we desire a house that we don't currently live in, here's how we build our house, okay? And we're talking about this in terms of our family homes, we're talking about our relationships, I'm talking about your businesses, the things that you lead. You can build something new and the keys to this are all in our key passage that we're going to use for this whole series, okay? Okay, this is our key passage for the whole series, our house. It's Proverbs chapter 24 
verses 2 and 3. Proverbs chapter 24, verses 2 and 3. And it's the saying from the wisdom Proverbs. Uh, sorry, verses 3 and 4. And it says this, okay? By wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it's established. And through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful things. Okay, so can you spot the three things going on in there, okay? So by wisdom, a house is built, number one. Number two, it's through understanding that the house, those walls are established, and then it's filled with beautiful and rare things because of knowledge. Okay, so wisdom, understanding, knowledge, okay? If you want to build something better so you can live in your dream house, if we want to build something better here as a church, in this house, okay, then the first step is wisdom, First step is wisdom. Now, what what does wisdom do? Wisdom says we need good values and good foundations for which we can build on. Okay? Or I'll put it slightly differently on here. So this is what wisdom says. Wisdom is how are we going to build this house? How are we going to build this marriage, this relationship? How are we going to build a culture in this place that helps us reach an entire city for Jesus? So how, how, are we going to build, how are we going to build this? Okay? And this starts with values and principles. So like we, in this house, we've talked about how we uh, want to grow you to live big. And there's some things around that, like encounter God, grow personally, and go and make a difference. There's these things that we're layering. We have these other, some, some things that are values to us, like we want to be faith, we want to have the faith to land the impossible. Okay? We want to be generous. Okay? We want to be a, like an I'm in kind of people. We want to be a let's go kind of people so that next year, that's a great example of that. We've got 20 teams going to 20 different locations. We want to be a let's go kind of people. And these things form the values that everything rides on. These are the values. This is how we're going to build this house. So it starts with this. Like, What values do you want to build your house on? So Louisa, well, we want to build it around eating together. And when we eat together, we're going to affirm one another. So we're going to ask everybody around the table, Ren excluded, she's the 11 week old. We're going to say, has anybody done something for you today that you've enjoyed or appreciated? Okay. And Cole said, I liked playing Mario today. We're like, okay, Mario, Mario doesn't count. He's not part of the family. I know he's, he feels like he's here a lot, but he's definitely not part of the family. And so he pushed a little bit more and, and he said, I, I, uh, thank you, mummy, for for dinner today. So, ah, there we go. Excellent. We affirm that. You see, we're we're building on some wisdom here. There's some wisdom going on. And uh, and then, so by wisdom, so you choose the values you want to build on, and then it's through understanding that wisdom that it becomes established. Okay? So this is, so, so you have wisdom number one, understanding number two is what helps us establish these walls. It says this, like, this is why we do it this way. This is why we do it this way. So when Cole says, uh, my favourite thing about today was Mario, first is not a surprise because he's totally obsessed with that little Italian red and white plumber. And second we go, actually Cole, what we're after, the reason we're asking this is because we're trying to build a culture here of affirmation of one another in the family. So we push him further. Because if you can understand why we do it this way, then you, what, every contribution you make will help us build these walls. Now, you know this is true, that what we honour will become our culture. Okay, so if we want, uh, if we want enthusiasm, then we honour and encourage enthusiasm. Okay, so we're going to talk in this series about how we want to be a house of praise. That's why our team are going to lead us in worship with enthusiasm. We're going to, we deliberately choose songs that make you lift your voice. Did you know that? Okay, we have some songs that are more upbeat than others. Why? Because we want to encourage enthusiasm. Now, some of you find that hard because you're British. 
Okay, some of you are not British and you're letting the British dumb you down. All right? Sort it out. We need, if you are not British, we need you to help lead the way a little bit better. All right? Because British people worship Jesus with their hands in their pockets and singing in a really like, we have an ability to sing without moving our lips. Did you know that? Here's the problem with that. It doesn't express anything that's going on. I know like the, the joy of the Lord can be really deep down sometimes, but sometimes it has to show on our face. So we, we want to be a house of praise. We want this house to be built on one of our values. Now, that's our wisdom. That's our wisdom. That's our wisdom. And when you understand that wisdom, you get to play a part. You can choose your actions to play a part in helping us build that. When, you're, when the people that work for you in your business understand that, oh, that's our mission statement. That's not just like a sticker on the wall. That's something that's going to bleed its way out. That's, oh, we're doing these actions. So we're going the extra mile for our customers because excellent customer service is one of our values. Ah, now I understand that. I can help deliver these, I can help establish the walls of these things. So, so one of the things we wanted in our family is to say we wanted to go, well, we want to kind of have some kind of devotional time. We want to pray or read the Bible together. I grew up doing that. Louise didn't. And she was like, I really want that as part of our family. So right. So we tried it the first time this week on Wednesday. And we said, does anybody know a story about Jesus that they want to share at the table? And Cole said, well, Mario and Jesus. Like, no, 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 no. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And uh, why are they teaching them in kids? <laughs> and uh, so, no, 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 Mario. Come on, some, one of you must be able to remember a story from the Bible that you've had. And uh, so, and then Eliza. Now, Eliza's got a bit of a trait to her, and we're going to call it lying. Um, <laughs> she is three years old, and she has the ability to spin a complete tale on the spot and she ends all her she, when she's telling a lie and she's making a whole story up she ends all her sentences with an intonation at the end and a hand comes out and her head tilts to the side and and she goes and she said uh, Jesus and we're like yes 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 well there was Jesus and there was Frank and Jesus and Frank I was like Jesus and Frank, I'm pretty sure there's no mention of Frank in the Bible and neither do we even know any Franks really that I'm aware of so like she's, never, she's not like met Frank today as like he's going to play a part in the next Jesus story I tell gosh but but we're, we're going to like go on just tell the story tell the story about Jesus and Frank going swimming because that was how it ended like tell us that story, why? because I want to affirm that and what I honour will become my culture so I want to honour what she's doing because she's trying to establish She's trying to establish the walls of this house that we're building. Let me tell you this. If you aren't choosing the culture, if you aren't choosing the values, they will choose themselves. Okay? Our family culture was that the kids ate at 5.30 and then we got them all to bed and then we ate. That was a culture we didn't choose but deliberately. We didn't want the value of eating separately. But guess what? We built the house and then we were living in it. Okay? Those, these values will choose themselves if you don't choose them. Someone else will determine the values of your relationship if you haven't chosen them. Someone else will choose the values of your personal life, the house that you are building. Your body is a temple, the New Testament goes on to tell us. That's the, the next development after Jesus saying he was the temple. It's like your body is a temple. Your nan told you that was why you shouldn't have your ears pierced. It's not what it's about. It's about your body being a place where the kingdom of heaven touches the kingdom of earth and heaven comes to earth in the way they experience you. So what are you building? What house are you building for yourself? There's a, 
A really famous line from the Old Testament that uh, has been used loads of times. In fact, you could probably say every preacher has probably used this verse at some point. And, uh, I, and I can't do that justice in a way just to land a message. So uh, I want to put it on screen. Now, this is Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. Uh, here's what's going on in the history. You've got this whole nation of people that have been promised a great promise. This promise was a whole a land that they would inherit. And uh, their previous leader was pretty famous. His name was Moses. He gets them to the edge of this promised land. Joshua has just taken them into it. And in Joshua 24, you're reading the dying words, really, of this great leader who has led a whole nation of people. He's the one who has delivered the promise for the people. He's the one that's led the people to God's promise over their life. He's the one that's got them there. And you could forgive him at the end of his life to be like, hey, so... This is, uh, we've done it guys, so I'm going to sign off now. You know, you guys are, you guys are going to sort yourselves out. We'll get a few judges in place now just to keep seeing this thing through. You could forgive him for doing that. But this dying old man with some of his last breaths makes this passionate plea because he keeps laying down the gauntlet. He keeps drawing a line in the sand and going, the only reason we've got this far is because we have dedicated our whole lives to Jesus. We have dedicated our whole lives sorry, to God. I've dedicated our whole lives to the Lord. That's the only way we've got this far, is because we've dedicated everything to him. And he makes this one last plea at the end of his life. He goes, so please, like, choose for yourselves. If serving the Lord seems undesirable, if you don't want to do it, then choose for yourselves this day who you serve. Like, go and find the gods of your ancestors, either the ones that live beyond the Euphrates or the ones of the Amorites, these are other nations nearby, in whose land you're living. But this is the line. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my household, we are going to continually build our house around the, like we're going to serve God with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our soul. We're going to put everything into this over and over again. He hasn't got much life left, but he's delivering what's left. He's going, God, you've got it. We all in this room have longer to live than Joshua. Would you dedicate it to him? As for you and your household, who are you serving? Whose house are you building? Where you live? And uh, I want to just be vulnerable for this last moment because I want to tell you why I've been trying to lead this message to this point. Um, Because as for me and my house, this is the journey we're on. We're trying, God, we want to serve you with everything. But this house as well, this one one church, Gloucester house, uh, we have given our life to this. We went to youth camp with some of these guys a couple of weekends ago to summer camp and, uh, and our kids came with us, obviously. Uh, we just want them to be in that environment. One of, the, one of the teams said, not many people have to take their kids to work. Yeah, you're right, it is hard. Like, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's us like, Louise isn't well this morning, but you know, most Sunday mornings trying to get everyone out for, you know, to get here for 8.15 or whatever, or getting in a car to Wales <laughs> to summer camp. And like, yeah, no one else is taking their kids to work. It's a fair one. And I remembered. This isn't just a job for me. I haven't moved across the country because someone offered me a few quid. As for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. And that means... And that means we're, here to, we're, we're, we're serving you. And we're as dedicated and committed than ever to serve you. And that means my whole family are in this. Now that might not be your wisdom. But it's the wisdom that we're building on and the wisdom that we're using to build you know, the values and the way in which we do things around here, that, that might not be your wisdom, but once you know the wisdom, you can 
Now once you understand that wisdom, then comes knowledge and you can, you can fill this place because you know everything we do, everything we do has a part to play in filling this place, filling your homes with rare and beautiful things. So I finish today by saying, uh, I'm renewing, I renew my commitment to you. That's for me and my house, we're serving you because we're serving the Lord and he's put us here. And, and, um, and the reason I wanted to do, to do that was, is, was to say, I feel like we can do something special. I feel like the church, like capital C church, like God's church, the body of Christ, I feel like there's loads more mileage in it. Yeah, there's, there's ways in which it's failed people, and we've probably done that too. But I still think there's so much beauty and joy in it. I still think that the best way we're going to reach our city is going to be through doing what we're doing and serving the Lord through what we do. You know, we have a house that we use to uh, help find a safe place for vulnerable women. Some of them are in recovery from addiction. Some of them come from other difficult backgrounds. Like, why one when there's so many? Why, like, we could do something special here, you know? You know, we put, put on our hearts to move on from this building at some point, maybe get somewhere a bit more central so we can have a bit more connections and help more people. Like, why not? I feel like we could do something special, you know? In, in our youth work and our kids' work that's taking place, some of the stuff we're doing in the schools, I feel like we could do something special. That's only going to come if we dedicate ourselves to the Lord and set some values that we're going to build our house on these things. As for me and my house, going to serve the Lord. Um, so, how do you respond? Well, deliberately not try to do like a come to the front kind of thing or put your hand up. And, uh, really simple, really practical response we're going to do. Um, you're going to get given a card as you go out. Academy guy's going to give you this. It, says, it just says, as for me in my house, dot, 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 and a big blank space. Just choose, like, what values are you building your house on? What values, what, what wisdom is going to be the things that you build your house on? Whether that's your family, your marriage, your business. You could take a couple if you need to. If you're not sure what to write on that, this is going to be our theme for, for Refocus Week, our prayer week this week. We're going to take some time to think and pray about these things as well. But here's the response. What am I going to do? So you're going to take one of these, write on it. Can I pray for you? Yeah. Cool. Stand with me, would you? Thanks. God, I pray that the prayer of Joshua would be the prayer of every one of us. Now, I might be ambitious to hope in a, with this many people in the, in the place, but I don't care. It's my ambition that every person in this place says, oh God, as for me and my house, we're going to serve you. Wherever that takes us, wherever that requires of us, whatever we need to do, we want to do that. God, I pray that homes as in marriages and families and businesses and personal lives. God, I pray that each one of those things will be built on good things, on great wisdom, and that it will be established through good understanding and that through knowledge you would fill us with rare and beautiful things. I pray that this house would be known first and foremost as a place that honours you and seeks to serve you with everything that we have got. Because this, this hundred year history of this church, we've only scratched the surface of what you could do if we dedicate ourselves to you. So for the next hundred years, for the things that we might not even see, but our children will and our grandchildren will, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen.